Hi there. Welcome to Home with Havala. I'm Havala Cunnington, your podcast host, and we are jumping in to have a conversation that I hope helps you in your everyday life, points you to truth, and also encourages you that you don't have to be an expert to do things well. And so we are talking all about, well, we're doing a boundaries refresh. We're talking about boundaries this month. And last week I talked about boundaries in marriage. Now, if you're wondering how to give your spouse boundaries and you'll learn the secret, I'm gonna kind of give you a shortcut. You can't, but you can operate with boundaries. We talked all about that last week. And so jump on over there. People, I think we're a little surprised at how honest I was when it came to marriage, but I always was looking for somebody to tell me that I wasn't broken and that these things were fixable as long as I was willing to contribute the best that I could and own my own space. So again, jump over to Boundaries in Marriage. But today I'm very excited because I am not on my own. I have a guest with me. I'm really excited about this because I have always been a fan of counseling. I've always been a fan of really figuring out how to navigate your life, but with the help of a professional, somebody whose call is to help you navigate hard things. And so today I have a counselor, a therapist with me. Her name is Dr. Allison Cook. Dr. Allison, thanks for joining me. I'm so happy to be here with you today. I am so excited that you're here as well. And for those that don't know, Dr. Allison, she lives in Wyoming. She has two teenage kids, a boy and a girl, not to take her bio from her too much, but she spends (laughs) her life energy on boundaries. Like how do we do boundaries well? And again, I'm probably at first base when it comes to boundaries, she's brought it home and she has all kinds of resources, books, courses. We'll talk about more of those at the end of this podcast, but today I want to welcome you and uh, we're going to have a conversation about boundaries and family, the origin of your family, the pathology of your family. And we're going to talk about how do you give boundaries to your mother or your sister or your grandma or somebody within your family unit. So let's get started. Allison, thank you for joining me today. Oh, I'm so glad that you're having this conversation, that you're talking about this so openly in your own life um, and just bringing this conversation, continuing to bring this conversation to the forefront. It's so important. It really is. What made you start to focus in on boundaries? Well, honestly, it is one of the first questions that I get from women, you know, in the therapy office. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and inevitably it leads down a deeper trail, which we're going into today, which is looking at family of origin, looking at roots, you know, <laughs> but really it's a fundamental, the idea of boundaries, we, we are made to attach to other people. Uh, we are made for connection, but that inherently implies, guess what? That we also need to have healthy boundaries. Those two things go hand in hand. Healthy connection goes hand in hand with healthy boundaries. And so we want healthier relationships. We want connection. And the paradox of that is, you know, as you get into it is actually a big piece of that is learning yeah. how to have healthy boundaries. Yeah, it's really true. I, you know, travel for a living and speak and I I often talk about boundaries and the number one question besides what I do about my spouse is what do I do about a family member? I mean, it's really the, it's, it's one of the rawest and most vulnerable parts of our lives because we are related to them. We can't always dismiss them. And so how do we navigate it? Yes. Yeah, it is. 
people come into the counseling office for marital issues and family of origin issues. Those are the two primary, you know, those key relationships. And I, of course, they are linked in many ways because those patterns that we learn as a young child, right, right those influence the kind of people, the way that we relate to people for the rest of our lives. So they're pivotal relationships. It's, it's no wonder uh, that we constantly go back to them and try to figure out how do I make this healthier? How can I be healthier in this relationship? And they're so formative because we love, we're wired to love our family members. These are the people wow. that we are literally, you know, our moms, we were literally tied to literally, you know, yeah. um, you know, so we we're wired to want those relationships. Um, and so when they go awry or when they get toxic, it's really, really painful and really, really hard. It really is like going to the origin of what you're saying, which is, it's almost like we are genetically positioned or our biochemistry pulls us towards this individual because of how we've been linked. But I'm curious, yes. isn't there a challenge because what the Bible says, you know, honor your mother and father, but what if we have a mom or dad that is toxic or, and I don't throw the word toxic out unless it really is right. I think yes. we kind of sometimes use that word as a, a benefit to kind of keep people at bay, but what yeah. if there is abuse, uh, mental, physical, sexual abuse, or someone that, uh, is, you know, narcissistic and doesn't have the capacity to love us. Uh, yeah. how do we honor our mother and father and yet have healthy boundaries with them? Yeah, you're saying a really important thing. One of the things I talk a lot about with people is the spectrum of health. And we tend to go right to people are either toxic or healthy. And the reality is most people are somewhere in the middle. Mm. <laughs> um, you know, there, there's a, and especially our parents. So, so this is one of the first things I teach people is let's figure out what you're dealing with, right? If this person is in that extremely you know, toxic category where it's completely narcissistic, completely abusive, mm -hmm. you know, we're going to deal with that a different way, right? There, th that, that's a different category. But a lot of times we're dealing with situations where there's some good and there's some things that are really hard. That is almost harder in a way, right? Because we're like, man, this thing is really good about this person. People are usually more complicated, you know, than, mm -hmm. than we want to make them. And that's in a way where the boundaries get trickier. I love that you brought it right to what does it mean to honor our parents? And uh, what I will say to people with that is, well, one of the best ways that we honor our parents is to become the best version of ourselves, the person that God wants us to become, because we're honoring the way that God wanted our, what our parents, what healthy parents want is for you to become the person God made you to become. And so by doing that, by fulfilling that, by really shifting your eyes to who does God want me to become, you are honoring your parents. Now, whether they experience it that way or not is another story, depending on their level of health. But your job, your way of honoring your parents is to become that beautiful soul that God made. It's to heal. It's to become whole. And some of that process may mean that you have to set boundaries with aspects of your parents that are actually trying to take you down a, a false road. Yeah, I love what you're saying because what you're saying is honoring my mother and father has everything to do with me and how I choose to live. And I'm not yeah. waiting for them to do something so that I can honor them. But honoring is a position of honoring myself and my life and my home and my family. But it doesn't mean that I'm waiting for them to respond so that I can actually honor them. It's not an exchange like that. It's yeah, it's not about what we mistake it for is be like, they might not feel 
honored. Yeah. Good <laughs> right. Point. So when I am like, no, what I really need to do to honor is to really, really figure out how to heal this part of myself so I can be a great mom or so I can be a better wife or so I can keep my marriage intact. It might feel really awful to my mom who wants me to take care of her needs above those of my own families. That may not feel like honoring her, but I actually am honoring her because I honor her when I become that woman that God wants me to become, when I become a better version of myself. You know, and it's and so that's the part that we really have to we mistake that. She, but but wait, that you know, clients. But wait, that's going to make her mad. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, okay, I get it. But <laughs> it, what, you know, does that mean it's the wrong thing just because she doesn't like it? Because what you're saying to her is, I have to say no to you, because I am saying yes to really being the healthiest, best version of myself for these things that God has called me to. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That I've never heard it said that way that honoring our parents are becoming the best version of ourselves. And really, ultimately, they're earthly parents, but we have a heavenly yes. father that is our heavenly father who's perfect in every way. And we get to honor him first. We get to say, I can't honor my mom and dad unless I honor my the, my creator God, my father up in heaven, who's saying, this is who I made you. This is who I created you. So what happens? How do we know? And I, again, I'm kind of one of those that are like, I like to kind of poke the bear. Like, what does this mean? But (laughs) how do we know if it's irreparable or is toxic? How do we know that? That's a great question. Sort of the million dollar question. When is it Uh so bad that I really need to separate myself out? And there's two ways to answer it. I mean, one is impact what is the impact on you? Are you able to, so so let me give you an example. Like I'll have a client come to me and and she's actually so tied up. We call it enmeshment. She's so enmeshed with mom. Mom wants me to be this. Mom wants this of me. Mom thinks I should do it this way. Mom's criticizing me this way. She can't break free of that. And it's actually destroying her own marriage. Mm -hmm. It's actually um, getting in the way of her ability to parent her own children. That, I I don't even care about mom yet. That to me is like, we got to get you separated out from mom until you Mm -hmm. heal. And maybe somewhere down the road, we'll be able to get you back into relationship there. But right now, the impact of mom on you is so destructive that we're going to have to put some boundaries in place to get you healed. Again, it's got nothing to do with punishing mom. I don't even know mom. I haven't met mom, right? But what I know, what I see is there's an impact here on you on this, you know, the person in front of me that is destroying key relationships. And so we're going to have to put some pretty strong boundaries in place until we get that healing that is needed. Then we'll sort out what's going on, you know, and how, wh- whether we can go back into relationships. So that's the first answer is impact. Yeah. Um, and then there are some red flags, you know, there are just some, the second thing I would say is there's just some very key boundary violations. And the, the severity of which, you know, when when mom is manipulating, is guilt tripping constantly, is constantly undermining, constantly criticizing, constantly, you know, putting things in your path. And I shouldn't just say mom because dads do this too, mm-hmm. um, where they're they are bringing toxins into your life. We have to remove ourselves from the toxins. And there's sort of like, you know, I, I, have, I do writing on like sort of what are those seven things? And you might read down the list and go, well, my mom does a little bit of that or a little bit of that, but but there's enough good to outweigh the bad. But where we start going down the checklist and going, oh, she does every single one of those things, or my dad does every single one of those things, 
Yeah. That's where you start to need to put some some more distance between you. It's, it's so well said and it's so practical. I love that. Um, I love that you have these kind of signals of, you know, this is, this isn't going to work. You know, this is dangerous or this is not healthy. Yeah. And then this is kind of a propensity that we want to be aware of that mom maybe does this or dad does this. I know for me personally, in my life, I came from a really good, like upbringing. I'm very grateful mm -hmm. for that, but sometimes it's the good parent that we actually get enmeshed with and our boundaries mm -hmm aren't challenged until we bring somebody else into our life and they start saying, where does your loyalty lie? Mm -hmm. And that was the, that was the challenging <laughs> part with my husband and I, because my loyalty lied with a really fantastic mom and dad. But really when it came down to it, I found that my loyalty was connected to them and not mm -hmm. to my new marriage and my new home. And mm -hmm. I think this is where I don't think I ever had any teachings on this. I had no idea, but a lot of our conflict in the early years was my husband feeling like I was choosing them over him. And we've talked about it. Mm -hmm. Do you find that very often with uh, young women or young men that are trying to be married, but their parents have a pull on them. Oh yeah. I love, I love that you saw that, that you were able to see that because you see it at both extremes. So if you folks who come from more of a toxic family, there's a pull because we're, we're, we are pulled to wanting to heal it, fix it, change it. We desperately mm. want those parents that we didn't get right. So that's a pull, but you're putting, putting your finger so beautifully on that. There's a pull in another direction. When you come from a healthy family, that you don't want to see the flaws in, right? And there's a pull Absolutely. to keep your loyalty there. And that spouse comes in and is like, okay, um, no, like we, you now need to leave that family and cleave to me <laughs> in a yep. healthy way. And we need to nurture our new thing. We've become one. And I absolutely see that as well. And a lot of women have a hard time with that transition. You know, um, they do feel their loyalty split. So it goes back to as parents, we, our job, and this is so hard, is to raise our kids to leave us. Hmm. And, and, you know, that's, think about that. That is really hard. It our is. job is to raise our kids so that they can leave us and go out and establish a life of their own apart from us. And that paradox is if we do that well, they will want to stay in relationship with us. That sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Like, yeah. As an Italian mother, I'm like, no, but it's true that the parts of me that couldn't leave and cleave were really destructive to my future and, and my present rather than good. And you would think that the connection would be the healthy, safe place, but really, like you said, you have to be able to, to leave in order to come back. There has to be a, an That's ability right. to separate in order to come back and have a healthy bond. It's a That's unique, exactly right. right? Yep. It's so mm -hmm. different. So what happens when you're spouse is nothing like your parents and they have flaws that are evident yeah. and your parents yeah. don't how what what do you do meaning you that that your spouse has different flaws than your parents well, I'll put it like this and again I'm asking questions that I had to deal with and I I've, I've dealt mm -hmm. with but I remember at one point I was really having a hard time with my husband Ben and he, he I'm not saying anything he doesn't know and I remember going to a counselor once and they said oh 
you see leadership and you see leadership as a visionary, as an alpha male, as someone who decides for the family. And actually that is not leadership. That's the personality of a lead of that specific leader. But mm -hmm. your husband is leading in mm -hmm. a, maybe a quiet, steady, yeah. <laughs> self-controlled way. So sometimes it's like we have defined leadership and even a spiritual leader. I think sometimes women get really messed up on this. We want our spouse to be this because we think that's how my dad was. That's how my pastor was. That's how that yeah. spiritual husband is over there. And we're really diminishing the fact that's just personality. It's not spiritual. Absolutely. And the fact that you recognize that and you start to realize, I mean, the death knell right to a marriage to, is, is to think, I wish my husband was more like blank. So we have to figure out, but, and, and so, and especially when we're comparing and contrasting that to our family of origin. Um, and it's interesting listening to you because mine was the opposite, right? So my dad was the, the quiet servant leader. Yeah. Yeah. And then I married sort of a, a man who led very differently more in yes. the, the way that you're just right. And so you, <laughs> you are, you're being shaped by two very different things. Now, again, I mean, I love that you're, you're asking these questions and putting your fingers on these. Cause it does come back to not just I, the idea of healthy boundaries. Cause I think we can jump too quickly. Mm -hmm. But what, what we have that, what I always say to people, think about what a boundary protects. A boundary line is about a, the self, the core that is inside of it. And so the question is you are becoming, you're being shaped by these different personalities, as you say, and there's a confusion. You're putting it, wait, wait, I'm confused. Like, who do I choose? Well, the truth is God is doing something in you mm -hmm. to grow you through bringing these different types of people in your life. Our families of origin are the biggest influencers on us. But ultimately, they're, as I said before, they are their goal is to shape us so that we have enough core strength, we have enough core sense of self so that we can leave them and go, okay, I see what they did for me. I see who they are, but I also see lots of different ways that God shows up in other people. Lot, that's that core strength that when you're, when you leave the nest, I always think of the mama bird kicking the little birds mm -hmm. out of the nest, <laughs> uh -huh. right? I mean, it's painful, but they got to go. And then they learn to fly and they come back and then they come and go. But that, that, that when you get that core strength and that ability to kind of go out and go, wait a minute, I was shaped in this way. And again, I love what you're saying. It can even happen by healthy shaping. We think, oh, that was the thing. But that wasn't the thing that was one particular. And I like to think of it as God. God is ultimately shaping us through these different types of people showing us different aspects of himself. So you were shown a different aspect of God through your family of origin. It was beautiful, yeah. but it wasn't God. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, almost, yeah. you know, it's almost like idolatry, yeah. right? It is. It's like, and then all of a sudden God's showing up through this different way. And you're like, what, what is that? But this is valuable too. And all of that is God growing you to see more clearly who you are and who these different people are in your life. Hey, you guys, I want to interrupt this podcast because I have something time sensitive that I want you to know about. On September 13th, 14th, and 15th, I'm hosting a online three-day event, and it's absolutely free. All you have to do is register. We're calling it Created for More because we believe deep down inside all of us, 
there's a voice really connected to the way God created us that knows there's more on our life than maybe what we're living. And we want to help get that out, that purpose and that call. So we're going to look at three main topics we believe are critical for you to live this full, wholehearted life that you're called to. We're going to look at defining your boundaries. We're going to look at hearing and knowing God's voice. We're also going to discover how to chase those dreams God's way and maybe even find out if they're His dreams. So join me. It's absolutely free September 13th through the 15th. And if you like want to invite somebody, this is the perfect event because you can be anywhere. You can live anywhere. If you're in England, if you're in Ireland, if you're in Australia, this event is perfect for you. You can come to the event. So how do you get signed up? Very easy. Go to thetruthacademy.com. That's thetruthacademy.com or click the link in our show notes and make sure you sign up. Once you sign up, We'll take it from there and make sure you get all the reminders and you won't miss a thing. You guys, I'm so honored to do this life with you. And I really believe these are the moments that change our lives. All right, let's get back to the rest of the podcast. It's it's brilliant. Absolutely. I love that. So how do I know, like we have different listeners right now that are either from a great family or yeah. family that was unhealthy and they're wanting to know, how do I know if my core, if I'm healthy, how do I know that my core is the center and it's being protected? Are there signs that I can go put my finger on and go, Hey, when mom calls me, I am able to keep my answer that I had in the beginning or whatever. What are signs that people yeah. can know I'm okay? Yeah. So the, that's, that's where you really get into the sweet spot of boundaries. Again, it's less and less about the other person. So yeah, often we confuse boundaries as trying to control the other person. They're really not. They're about creating space for me to show up as I really am. And so, you know, there's a bunch of C words I talk about in my book, um, that we talk about, it's where, where you notice courage, confidence, wow. clarity, um, calm. And again, those are like fruit of the, the fruit of the spirit, but sometimes we can mm-hmm. think of the fruit of the spirit as how we're supposed to be toward other people. But really these are how you start, all of a sudden you notice yourself, whether it's with, you know, with mo- moms kind of coming on with something toxic, let's say she's starting to triangulate and maybe she's bad, maybe she's, you know, your parents are divorced and she's bad mouthing dad or she's bad mouthing one of your siblings. And, it, and you notice inside this clarity of, oh, no, no, this, mm-hmm. you know, and you see yourself, you start to say, mom, we're not going there. If you keep mm-hmm. having that conversation, I'm going to have to get off the phone. And it, it's not even from anger. You're not trying to control her. It's because, you know, inside your system, oh, this, this takes me down a bad road. This isn't healthy for me. And so there's that clarity. You know, and, and and that's what, and now, and then again, so what, how do we know the level of toxicity? Does mom or dad go, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have done that. Okay. That's a, that's a normal human who made a mistake, right? Yeah. Where, yeah. where mom or dad, where it gets toxic is where mom or dad goes, well, how dare you? You know, they, they, they you know, yeah. that's like, whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa. I got to get off the phone now. Right. That's where we start to go. Their response to a very clear request of, and so again, your note, but what's happening is it's less about the person and it's more about, I know what's good for me. I know what my soul needs. It's clear. And I have the courage to stand up for that. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I, it's brilliant. I think like you said, sometimes when we're immature in boundaries, we actually use them to control the other per We think we are controlling the other person. Like mom, you're not going to talk to me that way. And I'm in charge of this conversation. Yeah. But what you're saying is, is I have the clarity and the control myself yes. to say, this isn't going to be good for me. I don't like who I am when I show up like this. Yes. I don't like how this is going to end. And so for the sake of my heart, my mind, yes. my, myself, I need to get off this phone, not dating to get off this phone if they're going to talk to me this way. And yeah. there really is a difference. And I, I think, like I said, the word no is a boundary, but that's the smallest part of a boundary. Boundary really yes. is about you functioning and saying, this is how I take care of the yard that God's given me. I love it. Okay. So yeah. what happens? I I've actually asked a couple questions online that people have sent me. So we're right in line is, uh, let me, somebody's asking, how do I set boundaries with my mother-in-law? Because it is somewhat <laughs> family, but she's not my family, but now she is my family. Do people deal with this a lot? I feel like this is a common thing I get asked, but how do we do that? Yeah, it is. It's a hard, it's an inherently triggering relationship, um, <laughs> right? And, and, and nothing again, you can have the best mother-in-law in the world and there's going to be some inherent triggers there because it's just sort of, it's so, sort of similar to a step parent. You can have the best step parent in the world and there's a little bit of a triggering component there. And I say that because I am a step parent and I know that. So I've, I've learned yep. that, right? I don't, and I love being a step parent. It's like a wonderful role and I'm aware that it's full of landmines and, and a mother-in-law is, is similar, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so, so first I just want to validate that it can be tricky. Um, and so you really got to do the work and this is where you got to do the work to go. What is, we, I call them trailheads. So when we're triggered, when we're annoyed, when we're frustrated, when we're like, oh, I can't stand that, right? Whatever that is. We have to yep. first look at ourselves and go, is she doing something wrong? What, what is going on inside of me? You know, and then, you know, and then again, it's looking at our own yard, as you say, you know, looking at ourselves mm -hmm. and then going, okay, it, how do I, first of all, it, you know, it, it, is it one of these things where she's being possessive? She's criticizing me. She's undermining me. She's bringing toxins in. Okay. Let's look mm -hmm. at that if that's what it is, or is this, something inside of me that needs to grow. And that's hard to do, but it is important. It is. That's sort of the topic of my first book, which is looking inside first boundaries for your soul, starting to look inside. I love that. Um, yeah. And, but then let's say she is, let's say she is, and you need to be able to say, Hey, when you come in and rearrange my kitchen, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> I get yes. that your intentions are good and that you're trying to help but I feel, you know, it, it, I'd like to be able to take charge of my own kitchen. Again, you've done the work to go. I'm not going to try to control her. I'm not going to, I know that it's not good for me. It doesn't bring out good in me. When I come in and my kitchen's been rearranged, it doesn't feel good, you know? And yes. so you speak from that place of clarity and conviction that is like, Hey man, you know, and, and if you got a good relationship, you know, I, I love you. I know you're trying to help. It's not, it doesn't bring out the best in me when I come in and find my kitchen rearranged, you know, so yeah, you're owning it. I love right that. now, yes. again, how she responds is up to her. She may get her feelings hurt. She may get angry. She may protest. Mm -hmm. She may argue. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter because you're doing it for you. You understand? Hey, get, I get, you know, this is the biggest thing I try to, how, the biggest question I get is how do I get her to understand? I'm like, you don't, that's you not don't. your job. <laughs> you just know what you need. And you honor that. And it's her job to respect that. I love that. I think when I started practicing boundaries, I didn't realize how much of my response was anxiety. Like yeah. I was, it made me feel really anxious to say, 
Um, I, I don't want you to move my kitchen around. Like, I just, I like, I like, this is my space and I, I thank know. you for trying to help, but it didn't help me. It, your anxiety goes up. And I always say when you're both anxious, you kind of like the worst of both of you show up and it's very complicated. And so I, yeah. I love what you're saying. It's like, do it afraid. You still have to do it afraid. Cause if you don't, totally. you'll betray yourself. Like that's what I always felt was I betrayed myself and became a 12 year old in a minute. Yeah. Yeah, and we call that, that the we call it the fawn response, which in psychology, so we we're kind of more familiar with fight flight. Yeah, but that fawn response you just described, we go into this. You think of a fawn; they kind of get really small, and it's people. It's pleasing. Wow. Right. It's a nervous system response. It is an anxiety response. That's exactly what it is. So when you become aware of that and you go, oh, and, and this is where you have to do the internal work of going, I need to be gentle with myself. This is scary. Yeah. And not is. beat yourself up for that. It is scary. <laughs> it's new. And I know parts of us are like, I'm a 30 year old woman. What's uh -huh. wrong with me? You know, <laughs> doesn't matter. We go into that little fawning, you know, that, oh, but this is so scary. I don't want to make her mad to be gentle with yourself in that. It's okay. And like you said, so do it anyway, go, it, man, I, I'm not going to say it exactly right. That's okay. You know, that, that self-compassion is so huge as well. It really is. I remember I had to memorize the narrative so that when I went into the situation, my anxiety yeah. would get so high because I was yep. the good girl. And a lot of times when you're the good girl, it means you keep everybody happy. And a lot of yep. people that are listening to this right now, you're like, I feel violated every time this person comes in and they want this and they ask this, but I don't know how to show up because I don't know how to be the good girl and be the bad girl at the same time. I, yeah. I don't know how to have those happening at the same time. But for me, I had to say, and I'm telling you, this is, we are almost 15 years into this narrative, I would say, I have done nothing wrong. I am not in trouble. How they choose response is everything about them. How yeah. I choose response is everything about me. I have done yeah. nothing wrong. I am not in trouble. And I would literally almost like a yeah. chant. I'd have to say it to myself until I finally would believe it because my, my anxiety would spike so much that I would overfunction. I would just get in there and try to fix it or maybe yeah. teach them boundaries. In the right. of it. And they don't care. They don't care. It's been working for them for a long time and it's how they work. Now, one thing I learned, and you can tell me, Dr. Allison, if this is off, but I, I always felt like blood should talk to blood, that if there's a mm. discrepancy in the family, it's better to blood talks to blood. Is that true? Or is that not always the case? I do think that there's truth in that. I think there, there can be exceptions, but I actually like that. I, I do think that's a way that we honor um, or I think that's the way that we honor and respect our spouse yeah. is, is that because what I, what, what happens is when, when I, if I can't do the work of speaking up and showing up mm -hmm. clearly with my parents, how, you know, that there's an issue, there's a problem there. If my spouse can't do that work. Um, so I do think as a general rule of thumb, that's good. I think that there are times where like, let's say I get really close to my mother-in-law and I have a really good relationship with her, then, then there might be a place in which I might say, hey, you know, I can, I have that freedom because we've established our own relationship. Um, but especially at the start, especially with majors, especially around kids, you know, those kinds of boundaries that we need to be setting with our parents and the way, with the way we're going to parent, we need to really honor that sanctity between, with, between our spouses and, and show up with those boundaries with our own parents. It's so true. I, I remember thinking like, 
you know, I may not appreciate this about my mother-in-law or like that she does this, but this woman made my husband and raised him. And I see good attributes of that. So I can't fault her for what she has contributed. And you kind of have to look at the good side of it because it is going to be very different than your origin and how you, how you were raised. So let me ask you for someone who's dealing, this is a question we got, how do I deal with my parents who are controlling and manipulative? (laughs) again I wish we had more history here but that's the question (laughs) yeah it's a great question I mean how you so usually when people come to me and say how do I deal with them what they really mean is how do I make them understand me how do I make them stop and that's what's and and we can't because if here's the thing I constantly say to people if they could stop being controlling and manipulative you wouldn't be asking me this question so that this is where we get into that. I've got to do what's best for me. I've got to keep my eye on the ball. I got to keep my eye on what God wants of me, what's best for me. I've got to figure out how to communicate that. Now, depending on the level of, again, toxicity, a lot of times actions speak louder than words, especially when you're dealing with manipulation. When you're dealing with manipulation, you go to them with words and say, hey, please stop manipulating me. They're going to manipulate that. <laughs> yes. That's what they do, right? <laughs> if you could communicate clearly with them, they wouldn't be manipulative. <laughs> yep. So so this is where actions, people don't realize. So this is where you get off the phone. You don't wait, you don't have a conversation about it. You you identify where are those points. And one thing's I'll, one of the things I'll talk to people about is figure out what is the what is the worst when it, when does this show up the worst? When is it the impact the worst on you? when can you tolerate it so for example some practical things a lot of times people will say i can't be alone with my dad i can't be alone with my mom when i'm in a group we're all around the table i can sort of minimize that so fine we call it the buddy system that's your coping tactic that's your boundary i don't go to lunch alone right or you you talked about scripts like you you get a Mm -hmm. script and when when you're on the when you are alone with them and it starts to go into that unhealthy place, you've got a memorized script. Oh, gotta go now. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever it is, you just get out of it and you start training them behaviorally. You may never have that conversation because they're gonna they're gonna twist everything you say. Right. But your actions are, and you know, you go, oh, whenever they do this, whenever they take it down this toxic road, I exit. I get out of there. So there's a lot of practical things you can do behaviorally to minimize. You know, I know I've worked with women who send an email every month to their parents with news. Mm -hmm. It's one way communication and they don't let communication in. That's because it's just, it's toxic. Yep. But that's how they keep a little bit, you know, they, they try to honor like, this is what I can do. And I'll say, what can you do? Well, I can send them an email every month with updates about the kids and that's it. That's all I do. You know, I love that. I, I think that's brilliant meeting. I like the the partner I'm with you. I think that's excellent. Um, I always say too, if there's something that you have to bring up and your anxiety is high, go Mm -hmm. do it in a coffee shop where there's public accountability. We we tend to not scream and yell and cuss and we tend to not be, we're at our best self in public. And so if you can find a quiet place in a public setting, I often feel that it's just accountability, but it also allows there just to be a moral compass and how you're going to act. And I think it's it's a really helpful way. I love the email. I'm going to send you the in, in the information. Here's the updates on the family, but I'm not asking your opinion. I'm not asking what you think of it. I'm not, 
that I'm not going to be hurt because you didn't ask. I'm doing what I can do. And then, um, so what happens, like somebody asked here, and this is excellent. I love what you're saying. Um, how do I deal with a sister-in-law that is borderline or or has narcissistic behavior? How, again, it's the mother-in-law, but again, Mm -hmm. the sister-in-law, same, same tips, same tools. Yeah, I mean, it's so interesting with the in-laws, right? There's a way in which we feel, and I do think that, I think you're putting your finger on something when you say that's really an issue with you and your spouse. It's his mm-hmm. sister. Mm-hmm. And so is your can you and your spouse as a team come up with a plan for neutralizing this situation? Meaning I don't, I, I can't, so this, this becomes an issue of I can't be alone with your sister. So how are we going to solve for that? Um, or I can't, I, I can't be, have every holiday with your sister. So how are we together as a team going to solve for that? And then your, the, the spouse needs to help implement that plan. I um, love that. Yeah. I love that. Like, and so many of us have never thought about that. We go into every family event and a bomb goes off inside of us and we're just going from event to event and not realizing, no, you get to plan how this is going to work. And then sometimes I talk to people and I'll say, well, what does your spouse think? And they'll say, oh, he doesn't talk to her or he doesn't deal with her. And you go, okay, well then no, notice how someone who's been in her life, her whole life (laughs) deals with her and you're Uh coming in. How much of it is a savior complex of I'm going to turn this person and really everybody in the family avoids getting into it with her or in it with him. So take note, pull back and fall in line to how people deal with this person unless, and I always say too, I don't know, also whatever you start, you're going to invest in. So if you're trying Mm -hmm. to dig deep and call them out on things and go try to get them to admit or confess or you're sending a signal that says, I want to be close to you. If somebody is unhealthy yeah. and you know, I don't actually want to be close with them, then there is wisdom in saying, I'm actually not going to start the conversation. I'm owning my own space by not engaging. And that was really, I think, eye-opening for me. I had no idea you were allowed to do that. No idea. Preach, you were allowed to preach do that. it. It's so good. <laughs> uh, sometimes the best way to make ourselves heard is to decide to stop talking Mm. to that, you know, I mean, and not in a way that's punitive, just like, oh, I don't need to waste my energy here. Wait, I love that. You (laughs) said sometimes the way to be heard is to stop talking, stop engaging with them. Excellent. I love that. I love that. Okay. Somebody else asked, how can I set boundaries with my mother when she relies upon me to have a role in my younger brother's life? Uh, Basically to take her, do her job in her younger brother's life. Oh, interesting. That's a tough one, right? Because you care about your brother, but so there's triangulation. So the mom is trying to get you to parent the younger sibling. Yes. Is that right? Okay. Yes. So there's, so I call that triangulation, which is so common in families where, where a parent talks about another member of the family with you. And it's really toxic. People don't realize how toxic this is. Um, you know, and, and there's, it's different, like parents do it that when they rely on a child to kind of process their, their dad, even when they're married mm. and it's just a blurred line. There's a difference between you always as a parent have to be thinking about uh, my job is to parent my child. So if I'm talking about, if, if I'm naming something about a brother, a sibling, a dad, is it for their benefit or am I venting to them? 
to get help for me. And we, we don't get that. That's, you know, it's a blurry line that, it, you know, it's, it's for the most part, we got to really watch out for that. I love um, that. And so, so if your parent is doing that, it, you, you just, again, you have to explain to them the psychology of you're parentifying me, you know, which is what it is. It's called parentification, <laughs> but you just say, Hey, Hey mom, I, I'm not going to talk about that with you. You know, that that's, it's just as simple as I've gotten clear. This, this takes me down a bad road. I love my little brother. Um, I've got a great relationship with him. You've got your relationship with him. And those two things are going to be separate. You know, I just, I got to keep those separate. So you might start by telling her mm. if she can honor that great. If she keeps trying to get in there and roping you in to doing things, mom, that not, not going to do that. I'll get, I'll have to, you know, I got to get up and leave. I got to, whatever you have to do to show her that you mean it, you stop and get, you tell them once, maybe tell them twice after that, your behaviors speak louder. I love that. Okay. So let's go to the, how do I communicate it first? Like if I'm having a, a hard time and, and this is just figuratively, but if I had a hard time with my brother-in-law and mm -hmm. my husband and I sit down and I have a high anxiety about it, he's a little bit casual, but sees it. We mm -hmm. sit down, we write a plan together. Like here's our rules of engagement. We go in pairs. Mm -hmm. We don't one off. We don't let them like detour us individually. Yep. Uh, we don't let them talk about mom and dad in our presence without mom and dad being there. We have some rules then when do we actually communicate it rather than just keep it to ourselves and operate with it? When do we know we should, do we always have to communicate it or do we no. not necessarily have to? Okay. To be honest, like everything you just said, I'm like, you're, that is awesome. Now you just go act, action, speak louder, you know, and, and you do not always have to communicate it. In fact, I think we overweight communication. Hmm. I do. And I, I mean, I want to, I mean, I don't want to, the reason, because often, again, it gets back to what I'm saying. Oftentimes we are trying to get them to understand or validate or give us permission or say, oh my gosh, I've seen the light. Okay. And often that's not, if you have a relationship where you could do that, where you can have that heart to heart with mom, dad, brother, hey, listen, the way that you're showing up at Christmas dinner, talking about X, Y, and Z is really hard. That's a really healthy relationship <laughs> is yeah. what I'm getting at. Yeah. So, so almost always, these are really subtle things that you just have to figure out what you need and then implement it in a healthy way. Um, and, you know, then if you have, maybe they come to you and say, hey, why did, I wonder, I'm just curious, you stopped uh, showing up for every Sunday lunch. You know, did we do something, you know? Yeah. You yeah. know, you, you have that. You say, you know, it just, it was best. It's best for us. We need more space for our family. So I will just say, just to give you a template, if you yeah. do need to communicate, start with, you know, if whenever possible, start with a man. We, this is awesome. We love how this, how you guys love to, to spend time with us. That's awesome. We're so grateful for that. We've determined that our family needs more X. Right. So always mm. frame it about we need a little more time just with our own kids or we need a little more time with ourselves. So as a result, we're going to blank. We're going to only show up for family meals once a month or mm -hmm. once a year or right. right. <laughs> this, this is the action that you can expect. So, yes, that is healthy communication. And when and, and that is a very great, you know, when you can just go to someone and say, hey, man, we love this. For our family, here's what I need. This is what's best for me. So therefore, you're going to notice this. This is how I'm going to change my behavior. Just wanted to give you a heads up. That's great. But nine, you know, eight times out of 10, seven times out of 10, 
they're not going to like that. Yeah. <laughs> so you just got to be prepared to be really clear, you know, that, that they're again, they're, they're, you're not looking for permission. You're not looking for validation. <laughs> you know, yeah. you're, yep. you're communicating what you're going to be doing out of respect, and then you're going to be doing it. And I love that you're saying, you may notice that we're only going to be showing up at one family event a month uh, for our family. We have a lot going on. We want to make sure that we can invest some time and you're not asking them, is that okay? And that's right. the, the little girl and boy in us that goes, right. are my mom and dad, are you okay with this? Or, you know, right. to your brother, sir. And, and that's where you get in trouble because then you're defending yourself and exactly. you're an adult. You don't have to get the permission and I always no. say, you're going to stand before God for your your life and then your family's life. So no one's going to, I remember one time I, um, I was a working mom. I had the four littles. I had four kids in five years. It was a little crazy and I was working and I had gone to my counselor and said, you know, I'm really angry because I'm in these meetings on Tuesday and they always go over and then I'm late for dinner and I'm late at home and it's my only day in the office. And I remember my counselor saying, well, what do you expect me to do? Feel bad about it? And I said, yes, I expected to feel bad about it. I'm a working mom. Don't they know? And she said, never expect someone to feel bad about something that's your responsibility. Mm -hmm. And it was really eye-opening. Like, no, your mom isn't going to feel bad for you if you do something that violates your boundaries or your family or your time. Mm -hmm. It's right. not It's not your responsibility. So I had to go, you know what? I just want to give you guys a heads up at five o'clock. I'm going to pick up my stuff quietly and leave just yeah. so you know, that's where I'm going to, what we're at, what's going to be happening. Not asking, is it okay? if I leave at five, right. They knew that was what, what it was. And so I just quietly, I didn't make an announcement. I didn't say, well, well I'm done. I'm out of time. You're not starting anything. You're just keeping control of your choices, your decision and saying, even though I feel like anxious that they might be mad at me for getting up and leaving. That's right. No, I'm not that powerful. I'm not powerful enough to go inside of them and choose anger that I got up. Uh, they could choose empathy. They could say you're the only yep. woman in the room. So yep. that narrative, I have no control over. That was yep. huge for me. And I'm saying this, Dr. Allison, as somebody who is I was the worst. I had ulcers at 23 from what people thought. It wasn't like yeah. this was an easy thing. So another um, question that I think people often have is, okay, I, I'm now following through, but what if my spouse doesn't follow through with the boundaries we've set? So yeah. I have boundaries. I'm comfortable going in twos, only going to one event. And then somehow his mom calls him. He ends up there. Uh, what do I do when my spouse isn't respecting the boundaries that we've set as a family? Yeah, that's a tough one. And that gets into the, the boundaries in marriage thing where you, you, you again, so then you have to pivot to, hey, if you're going to go ahead and invite mom over, I'm not going to be here. I'm going to go out, you know, I'm going to, you have to think of, one of the ways that I like to think about this is instead of like, how, how am I going to get him to change or get him to, what am I going to say yes to? So we've already decided I'm not saying yes to letting your parents come over at all hours of the day and night. We agreed on that. You're violating that. So now you have to pivot. What am I going to say yes to? I'm not saying yes to that. And this helps with the anxiety because it's less of a focus on no. How do I, Yeah. You know, which is very confrontational. And it's like, okay, I can't control this. He's going to let his mom shows up. He's letting her in, even though we agreed mm -hmm. that he wouldn't. Mm -hmm. So what can I say yes to? Well, uh, you know, I don't, you know, and women, women, you know, this isn't fair, but it's like, well, I can, I can, okay. I'm going to have to get mm -hmm. my, I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave then for these couple of hours because I can't do it. I can't sit here and listen to her for two hours. 
-hmm. you know? So, okay, if you're not going to uphold this, then I'm, I'm not going to be cooking dinner. I'm not here for dinner. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> so you and your yeah. mom will have a great dinner together. Yeah. And again, <laughs> that feels harsh, but you have to think of it inside of yourself of, but I have to do this for my own sanity. Cause if I don't do this, I'm going to be so angry with you. You know, you, you have to kind of flip it to what can't, what do I need to do for me? What do I need to say yes to here? Um, again, I'm not trying to punish. I'm just saying this is what I've got to do to keep myself healthy and in a good place. I love that. I feel like we've, you've been in my head for years. Like, yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I need to hear. And I mean, I hope you guys that are listening to this podcast. I, you, you're going to want to listen to this a couple times through because what Dr. Allison is saying, these are complex things. These mm -hmm. are outside of your natural behavior, maybe what you learned, how your family of origin operated. So I always, you know, we say here um, on the podcast, take all the time you need, but mm. you got to know what you're saying yes to first. And I, a hundred percent agree with that. I also think, what are you teaching your children? You know, they're watching you and you're saying one thing at home and then you're outside and, you know, we want our kids to have boundaries, not just relationally, mm -hmm. but with their own bodies, with yeah. where someone's allowed to come in, where they're allowed to leave. We want to teach them that we own our own space and no one has access to us without their, our permission. And yeah. I think sometimes I feel like if we could just see it generationally, we might be stronger to fight certain things and really figure it out. If we saw it as our daughters, do we want our daughters to feel manipulated by every friendship. Do you want our daughters to feel powerless with their husbands? No, we want them to feel powerful. How do we That's do right. that? We teach them that. Yeah. Yep. I love That's right. that. And, yep. And you can always, I would, you know, I say you can always just walk away. You can always leave the room. You can always <laughs> walk away. I yeah. love that. I also yeah. say, um, have something you never have to fully tell them why you're leaving. You don't, they don't, you don't owe them. Well, I'm going to, I don't know. I got to go just, oh, I have an appointment and get up or, Hey, got to go. Love you, mom. And hang up the phone. There's no, you don't have to convince them that you have to go or that you can't do it. I just love it. Now, one last thing, how do we have emotional boundaries with our parents or family of origin? Is there a difference between a physical boundary or what maybe our attitudes, but what about how do we, how do we know we have healthy emotional boundaries? There's yeah. a couple of people that ask that. So it must be something that's really kind of. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm curious about what's at the root of that in terms of what the question. Um, so I can, I'll just guess, is that, is there, is there a sense of how do I emotional boundaries, meaning tell me what you think, it, it, like, how do I, I, I guess I for me, I would think that yeah. they are, uh, you know, uh, feeling responsible for other people's emotions. That's Got what I would it. think is that Got they're it. feeling mom's mad. Now I don't feel like I have boundaries or dad, you Got know, it. is this. And so I'm feeling responsible yeah. for these emotions in the family. Yeah, exactly. So, so I love that because this is where, so the book, the boundaries for your soul, and I'm working on another one now that is, is it's a specific model of therapy that goes into this inner work. And when Cotton Townsend in their book boundaries, they have a chapter, right? That's about guilt, um, all the things that keep us from healthy boundaries, which is the inner work, which mm -hmm. I think for so many women is actually the big, it's the harder piece of how do I not feel guilty all the time? How do I not carry this baggage around this burden of, well, I did what I needed to do, but now I just feel terrible. Yep, yep, <laughs> um, I know. So yes, and that is the inner work. So we, there's, we talk a lot in that book about unburdening. These are burdens we carry. We pick up these burdens and they're a lot, they're core messages and we have to trace them back. And a lot of times that, you know, they have this theme of I'm responsible for their 
feeling. And even if we know rationally that that's not true, you know, um, a part of us deep inside carries that heavily. It's a burden. It has become an emotional burden that we carry. And so it needs a different type of healing. And a lot, this is where I really get into the self-compassion where we have to, what happens is we tend to beat ourselves up. I know I shouldn't feel guilty, but I do. And that just creates more inner tension. Yeah. Right. And so we have to kind of get at that core of, oh, there's some, like, I love what you talk about. There's this 12 year old girl in me that wants everybody to be happy. Of course she does. Let's be really gentle with her and Mm. let's read, let's shift our energy to caring for her and saying, you know what? Of course you want him to be happy. Of course it feels bad that they're sad that we don't get to spend Christmas together you know, and it's so, how great that you have such a soft heart. Let's start really validating mm. that instead of that. beating ourselves up. And ironically, that alleviates some of that inner tension. So we shift to caring for ourselves in those emotions instead of carrying the weight of other people's emotions. I love that. And I agree. It is a burden that we carry and Mm -hmm. we often don't know why we have anxiety or um, depression, or I think there's weights that we carry because we, we don't know we have it. We don't often know how to get rid of it. I'm ready for that book. Write that book. (laughs) (laughs) I'm working on it. Yeah. I love it. It's so common. Yeah. Yeah. It is. And mom guilt and life guilt and, you know, all the things it's all there. And I, I just am, And with you, you know, for those of you that are listening today, I I want you to know that Dr. Allison has written a book called Boundaries for the Soul. And is that, would you say that's the first one that people should read if they're talking about boundaries? I see you have a lot of different resources and we'll talk about them, but would that be the starting point? Yeah. Or the freebies. If you go to my website, I have a boundaries kickstart guide that really kind of talks about what we've been sort of the big themes that we've Mm. talked about in this conversation um, and then I send out a weekly newsletter. So, and that's, those are free, you download those. And then every Thursday I send out a weekly newsletter on these topics. And I talk a lot about these childhood wounds, these core messages mm-hmm. that really do get into boundaries with our parents that at the end of the day really are about our own healing. <laughs> you know, yeah. they're about becoming yeah. freer, becoming more unburdened. Um, so that I would start at my website, look, look through the blog, um, get those freebies. And then um, the book is a deeper dive um, into that work. So I love it. And I can see there is, like she said, there's multiple things that you can jump in and grab. And she, you reach over 30,000 people a month, which is amazing with these topics. And I'm just honored to meet you and the imprint that you've made on this generation. I mean, wow. I love it. You also have courses. Like you said, you have uh, different courses. I, one of the ones that we, that I thought would be uh, really good was about women and comparison. What was that book called? Oh, she's better than me. Yeah. She's better than me. I love that title. I read it and was like, oh, that's good. I'm going to have to get that one. I think comparison's huge, specifically social Mm -hmm. media, but just that inner narrative is just Mm -hmm. in us. So that's another Mm -hmm. one. Um, Yeah. There's just so many. I can't wait to dive into a lot of these because this is definitely up my up my alley. And I love the content that you've put out uh, in your emails and stuff. Um, Dr. Allison, is there anything else that you want people to know today? I think we covered so much ground. Thank you. You're, you're awesome. <laughs> what you're, what you're doing is so needed and so important. I, I just appreciate the opportunity to, to talk with you about these, these things today. 
Well, I'm honored as well. And you guys, if you love this, make sure leave us a comment in the reviews or five stars. Let us know. And again, that's how I that's how the podcast works is you can't find someone's podcast unless you leave a review. They get five, they get the stars going, and then it actually rewards that with the algorithm and throws it into the different charts where people can find us. I know we answered a lot of questions here today. All of these thoughts will be in the show notes, but if there's other questions that you have, feel free to leave it on our socials, DM us, and we'll try and get to them as we keep going through our boundaries refresh. And um, also, Dr. Allison, would you come back and join us at some point again to talk about boundaries? I would love to. Anytime. <laughs> you, like, you ask people on a podcast so they can't say no. It's just in front of everybody. I'm kidding. Uh, but thank you so much. Again, guys, go pick up her book, Boundaries for the Soul. But at least go over to her website, grab those freebies. Yeah, and you said it well. You have to do the work. So if these things don't happen, we got to do the work. But I promise you're anointed to do the work because God wants you to be whole and free and leave a legacy of freedom. So you guys, thanks for joining us today. Uh, next week, again, we'll jump back into boundaries. Last week was marriage and next week is family. So join us this month and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.